0: The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Welcome to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. Your host is Bernard E. Robinson. Bernard and his guests foster in-depth discussions about leadership. You'll find this program a powerfully engaging platform for great conversations about leadership and leadership learning. Now, here is your host, Bernard Robinson.
2: Good morning to you and welcome. This is Bernard E. Robinson, your host for the Leadership Forum. I thank you for joining me this morning. We have a great topic and a great show for you today. Before we get started, though, I suspect most folks have heard about what is not a, a happy story but about the shooting in Las Vegas, uh, the mass shooting in, in Las Vegas, and I wanted to make sure that I mentioned them and mentioned that incident for this reason. wanted to ask you to please remember those who lost their lives along with their families and friends and loved ones. And keep them in your thoughts and prayers. I also pray, uh, ask that you pray for those who survive because they will each have a challenging time going forward dealing with the aftermath of this horrific event. I thank you for your, your kindness and for your attention. As we get started this morning, I want to just mention three quotes to you. People acting together as a group can accomplish things which no individual acting alone could ever hope to bring about. That's an old quote. An old quote from Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Another quote would be, talent wins games, but teamwork and intelligence wins championships. That's a guy by the name of Michael uh, Jordan. I also would say to you, major stakeholders working together can produce vision, energy, and commitment that create faster total systems change. It's a quote I use as well that I created. The title of our show today is The Discipline's of an effective team leader, getting your team started off right. Now, as I mentioned in the description of the show today, the process of becoming a high performing team is both a science and an art. The science involves understanding the concepts, the principles, the disciplines involved in building teams. The odd, however, is where the challenge lies for the team leader, because it's putting into practice, which, in fact, these concepts, principles, and disciplines suggest you can do. For that reason, our focus today is on the science of team development, the science of getting your team off uh, right, because what we're going to be talking about are those things that I think would be useful for you to know to, in fact, help your team as a team leader really get started right and also continue to grow. Uh, I note in my book, The Skills of an Effective Leader, about 18 distinct topical references to building teams, and it's in chapter eight, it's a chapter called Building and Leading a Team That Wins at Work. It's impossible, of course, to cover all of that in one show. So I decided to focus our description, our discussion, I should say, on teams and team leadership on the following four topics. First, team building, the basic concepts and tools. I'm actually just going to focus on a couple of those. The model for team effectiveness is one of those basic tools, and we'll talk about it. The third thing is to talk about the two basic priorities for a team leader. What are they? And then finally, as the topic of the show suggests, we want to talk about the three principles that the leader must know and do and master to get their team started off right. So we're going to dig in a little bit and not cover the waterfront, but try to get some clarity here about some of the principles that are necessary to really uh, make sure everybody's on the same page. Uh, I've also decided, though, that near the end of the show, that I'll give you the list of the other areas not included and ask you to send me an email of the one or ones that you'd be interested in, Uh, interested in hearing about, interested in having me cover in a future show. Uh, I, I want to start then with team building basics, talk about some of the tools and here's where I'd like to start. I want to give you a question I think you should you should ask and should know perhaps the answer to. So the, the question really for the leader is not what is team building? That's That's kind of commonplace everybody would be able to answer that, but rather the question is how do you build your work groups into high quality, high performing teams? It is this key question that we wanna be sure you know how to answer. The reality is that in almost every organization that you lead and or work in, there's a high premium on working together as a team. Whether you are a church family, a church I should say, a family business, whether you're in a social organization, a community association, a fraternal association, or in a government organization. And it's often talked about as teams and teamwork but it's actually an untapped resource at the leader's disposal. In fact, for the business person, for the principal, for the college president, for the association manager, little league coach, the organizational title, Titan, building effective teams is not a nice thing to know about. It is an essential competence that you'll need to develop wanna have in your toolbox as a leader. As a leader, it's important that you have a solid understanding of what's needed to build a team. And there are a number of different questions that I'd want to have you consider with me this morning. Among the many questions that you should be able to answer as a team leader is what is the business purpose of the team that I have? What is required to ensure that the teams you lead work well? And what impact does your leadership have on the performance of that team. Now, these are a few of the questions that are important for you to answer, but they're not the critical questions only. There's some that need to be added to it. And I want to give you those five, but in addition to giving you those five, I really want to go back and dig in with you a little bit on each, of one, each one of them. Uh, they're typically these five questions that you'd want to answer. I'm going to read them. I'm going to try to get back to each of them as I mentioned. And here's the first question. In what ways is the current organizational and operational environment that we're living in, you're living in, contributing to or detracting from your ability to fulfill your mission and achieve your goals as a team? Number two. What specific barriers exist that keep us as a total team, as a total group, from achieving the quality of interpersonal and intrapersonal communications and relationships that would allow our collective energy to have a synergistic impact? Uh, We'll come back to that synergistic impact because that's a big deal. Third, what steps can we take to help uh, help make us better uh, in the use of our talents, our strengths, and our potential, and do so in ways that make a positive impact on our lives as a team and on the lives of those stakeholders that depend on us for our our performance. Number four, what contributions am I, or we, willing to make to help our team fulfill its mission, achieve its goals, and create an environment that is characterized by respect, trust, and commitment by all team members number five what agreements plans and commitments do we need to make to carry out and sustain the momentum we gain in working on our team now these five questions should be a part of every initial and occasionally as well every retreat view, review meeting of your team if you're going to take your team on a retreat, in addition to whatever else that you do for fun, you want to make sure you do this for business. Uh, it's kind of a checkup from the neck up, if you will, that every team needs periodically to do for itself. Uh, and it is the team leader's responsibility to orchestrate the opportunity for that review. And whatever you're planning into your team discussion, your team meeting, whether you're in the office or out of the office, you should have if it's talking about what we're gonna to do to be a stronger and better team, it should have that particular discussion included because it allows you to raise your game to perform at a higher and higher level. Now, I wanna get you to go back with me for each one of those questions though, because there's much more to be talked about for each one. So let me start with the first one. In what ways is the current organizational and operational environment Uh, affecting and contributing to or detracting from. The current organizational environment and the operational and organizational environment is critical. There's an old statement that says, culture eats strategy for lunch. And it's very true. In the event that the culture that your team is operating in is, let's say, toxic or not as good as it could be, and that could be for a whole host of reasons that could be as broad as each of you could bring to the discussion. If that environment is not conducive to the team operating well, it's it's a problem. And it's something that the leader, the team leader must at least take a sensing of and make an attempt to do something about, it, particularly if they want to get their team to start off right. And and that's that's because that environment the operational and organizational environment is affecting the ability for that team to operate. It's either contributing, that is the environment either contributing to or it's detracting from. So in your own view, take a real quick sensing. What are some of the things in your organizational and operational environment that you're aware of that are affecting and they're contributing to or they're taking away from your ability or the ability of your team to achieve its goals. Let's move on. The second one, what specific barriers? This kind of ties in with the first one, but what specific barriers exist that keep us from achieving the quality uh, of, of, of communications and relationships that we need? Now, I mentioned and need to mention again the word synergistic. Because in my view, when you're talking about teams, The intent is to find a way for you to have the two plus two equal greater than four kind of effect as a team. The intent is to take the talents you have, whatever those talents are, and find a way to make them maximize themselves to the effect that the sum of the total, the sum of the parts um, equals a greater impact. That is, it's synergistic. It's where everything is working in a way where uh, the, 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 this whole idea of these 8, 9, 10, 20, whatever the number is, people getting together, they work together in such a way, the barriers are eliminated in such a way that it's, it's almost like a well-oiled, you hear this often, machine. And it's a synergistic impact. Third is, what steps can we take to help us make uh, better use of our talent, strengths, and potentials. This is a question that the leader and every leader should probably ask periodically and continue to look at, what do we do? What's our continuous plan of improvement? And you would ask, if you will, almost like a, a, a change model, what are we doing now and how is it working? What should we be doing to make our work and make our impact, make our capacity to perform even better and have a positive impact, if you will, on the lives of the team and the lives of the stakeholders. The deal of this, of course, for number three, is that the team is working for itself, yes, but it's also working for the organization that it's in. And it really wants to make a contribution for, for both, but it starts with the team. Because if anything is affecting the team's performance, and is affecting the way it does perform, not only is it hurting them or not contributing to their best, it's also hurting those who are depending on them to perform. The fourth one is kind of straightforward. What contribution am I willing to make? Really, this question starts with the leader. What contribution are you as a leader willing to make to help your team fulfill its mission and achieve its goals? And to create that environment that uh, was characterized and talked about earlier, but an environment where respect, trust and commitment exists. I would also say, because this is a shared responsibility, it should never be a question that the leader should answer by only his or herself. It should be a question you should ask each member of the team to share as well. What contribution are you willing to make to help our team fulfill its mission and achieve its goals. It has to do with one of the critical responsibilities of every team, which is to be accountable, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Finally, what agreements, plans, and commitments? I would, lo- would want you to underline the word commitments, because a lot of folks agree to a lot of stuff, and a lot of plans that are created, and they're great plans, but it's the commitment that gets things done. And so I always like to add the word commitments. What agreements, plans, and commitments do we need to make to carry out and sustain the momentum that we need to to do the work we need to do? Uh, So if there's not been a discussion about commitments, there probably should be. Now, these five questions should be a part, as I mentioned, of every initial and occasional retreat meeting of your team's retreat. Again, it's a kind of a checkup. Now, there's one final question that I did not put in this in this mix that I probably should, and that question is simply this. Who's in charge, and how does it affect the team? Uh, let me just speak quickly and clearly. Who's in charge makes the big deal? Who's in charge, and how does it impact the team? Uh, so, that's another question that you'd want to answer, and you certainly... Uh, would want to have that thought process. This may be one of those questions that the leader has to ask and answer his or herself and then manage those relationships so that who's in charge impacts the team in a way that's positive and not and not negative. So I, I want you to remember that question as well, and of course it's here on tape for you to capture uh, anyway. But those five questions... Uh, this, those six questions, I guess, when you put the last one in place and in play, they're the questions that you really want to have in your pocket as a team leader, and you really want to find a way to exercise. Now, I want to give you one other a, a quote that I, that I like and use in, in much of the team discussions that I often have with teams and doing the work that I do. Always remember that team building is about relationships and trust. It is a leader's job to build both. Where they both exist, even if the players don't win the prize, they're always and always usually in the game. So, remember that while we haven't chatted about it a great deal, the whole process of leadership is about relationships and trust. You need both. So, in that regard, uh, remember that, as we talked about in a much earlier show, trust, relationships, and character, they're what drive the process. So we're going to take a quick break, and after the break, we're going to come back and pick up on this discussion. I want to talk about the model for team effectiveness, So, uh, and we'll get a chance, hopefully, to put a, a caller on the line with us who has given us a call, who's going to call back in a few minutes. So. Uh, Join us right after the break. Uh, Stay tuned for a great conversation.
3: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: You are tuned in to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. To reach host Bernard e. Robinson or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you would rather send an email, you may send it to forum at ihdinc.org. Now, back to the Leadership Forum.
2: Welcome back, everyone, and You're listening to the Leadership Forum, and I'm your host, Bernard Robinson, and thank you for staying with me or tuning in. I want to talk, as we just left, I certainly welcome any questions that you heard the email that was provided, so you can send me one even here as we're talking on the air. But I want to make sure that uh, if you have questions about anything we've talked about, that you give me a a call or send me uh, an email. You can do both. I want to talk now about this model for team effectiveness. Now, I like to call this model um, the key concept or the key principle for all teams. And so I love to talk about it because it's a model for team effectiveness. It's really the focus of the function of every team, every team that you'd have, any team you'd have, whatever venue you're in. And it really is somewhat simplistic when you look at the model. If you could visualize in your in your mind's eye a triangle, and of course I know you can, you have a triangle that's divided into four parts. Uh, these are lines across the triangle from left to right, and in the first line, the first box that's created, the first not box but the first uh, section that's created. The word would be goals. The word that goes in that section is the word goals. In the second section, just below it, is the word roles. Right below that is the word processes. And then finally, it's the word relationships. Now, what you will notice as you think about this mind's eye and this triangle is that obviously at the top of the triangle, it's a shorter line and the line gets longer and the space gets bigger as you go from top to bottom. Well, that's because, if you will, and we'll talk about it a little bit deeper than this, as you get down towards the bottom, It's where the teams either survive or don't survive, that is, relationships and processes in order to do what it needs to do well. But what's more important than the word goals is to really kind of give the question that goes along with that word goals. And there are four questions, one for each of these these sections. Goals, of course, the answer to the question uh, or the question that needs to be answered is what needs to be done? What needs to be done? That's the goal. We, we, we would put that question next to the word goals. For roles, the roles would be who needs to do, if you will, what needs to be done. When you talk about processes, is how is it to be done? How is what needs to be done to be done? And then finally, in, in, with relationships, is how do we get along while we're doing what needs to be done? Now, each of these questions are even as important as the words themselves. The words are there because they, they do identify what the structure and functions are. Every team needs goals, roles, processes, and relationships. Every team leader needs to know what those goals, roles, processes, and relationships are and how they're working. But let's dig a little bit deeper in, in on this particular one because this particular uh model, if you will, this particular description of the functions of every team, uh, has much more to say than just what the model would suggest. For example, I'd ask you this question if you're a team leader. Does everyone on your team know the goal, that is, know what needs to be done? I ask that because in some cases, I'm not so sure that all of your teammates and team members, I should say, would know or do know. I say that because often I ask teams to tell me, and each of you tell me, what is the common goal? Because that's what defines a team as opposed to a group. A team has a common goal. So I ask the question, we sit around in the circle, what is this team's goal? And what is its common goal? And you wouldn't be surprised, or maybe you would, that not everyone has the same perspective on what that goal is or has the same definition or a description of what that goal is. That's because in many cases, while we have something that's written for us and it says clearly what the goal is, not everybody sees that goal in the same way. And that's because we haven't really always considered that what's important is to make sure that we have a description and a distinction of the common goal that everyone can understand everyone can uh, buy into. So it has to be communicated or defined, it has to be understood from the various perspectives. It's almost like having a prism. You look at something in a prism and depending on what side of the prism that you're standing on or looking in from, you see the goal, you see the the item differently. It's that way with, with goals. I would suggest to you as a team leader, be sure everyone knows what the common goal is, and it's not a common goal, and it's the goal that's held in common because everybody both understands it, buys into it, and it's clear for everyone. Then you know that there's another piece here. If I know the goal, then you as a team leader and, and myself as a member, you can hold me accountable for knowing, I can't tell you I did not know. No, I knew, but I may not have done. Then we got another conversation, which is okay. The next one is role. Who needs to do what needs to be done? Pretty straightforward. Not much uh, to say there, but except this is the challenge for the team leader, and that is to make sure that everybody's got the role that really fits their capacity to perform it. And in this case, some people are playing their role spot on. There may be some folks who need some help to play their spot on, and there may be some others who need to have their roles adjusted so that they can play their game at the top of their game, so they can perform their duties in a way that they need. And this is where the training comes in or the shift in roles is necessary if it's helpful for the team and if it's helpful for the member of that team. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about processes, for example. Processes is how is it to be, this methods. And that's a little more complicated, if you will, because everybody can, maybe if they're team members, have a way of the have a way of thinking about how they should perform a particular task to get to the goal. And that's where, if you will, the uh, the, the potential for Conflict can occur, and conflict usually occurs in teams around the processes. It's not so much we're not clear about the goals anymore. It's certainly clear that I know my roles now. But the whole conversation of how we do things is usually where the energy for uh, and the energy that challenges teams. That is talking about how we want to do and what we, as opposed to what we need to do. Finally, the whole discussion about relationships relationships uh, are everything and how we get along is a real big deal and if you will that's where also the conflict or confrontations can occur in teams because the energy of a team in terms of dealing with the whole notion of becoming an effective team doesn't again happen around goals and roles it happens around how we get things done and how we get along while we're getting them done. So I would endorse for the team leader, pay a lot of attention to all four of these. Now, let me move a little bit further because I would say to you, if you're just starting with your team, this is an excellent discussion to have. Let's give you an example. Let's say that you're given the assignment as a team leader to start a project and A part of that project is to get the team that you now have been either given or already have to sit around and figure out what is it we should do with this project? Well, I would suggest where you start your conversation is with this model, the model for team effectiveness, and those five questions that we gave earlier. You have a perfect, if you will, pattern of of discussion for making sure that your team gets started right. It's thorough, it takes a little more time, but it saves so much um, effort in the, in the end. That is to make sure you do upfront what may in fact be problematic if you don't do it upfront. So I would suggest to you and propose that in many cases, not many leaders realize that this is where they should spend their time getting started and perhaps in some cases they did not know and did not see or did not realize that this particular model is the most important model in team development because everything in the life of a team revolves around goals roles processes and relationships let me move us on and again i welcome your questions again send them to me by email or give me a call and say hey man i I need you to say a little bit more. I'm not really sure about this. and Or whatever the case may be, I'm open to hear and open certainly to talk because that's what we want to do. We want to have good conversation. And so so go at it if you will. I want to talk about the two basic priorities for a team leader. And, and uh, they're really just kind of straightforward, but let's talk about them. As a team leader... What I'd ask you is, what is your responsibility? What What are the two basic priorities for you as a team leader? Now, I had a conversation with a team leader that uh, we had about a four and maybe almost five minute discussion. And I would love to have played that for you, did not get it. In, the, in time, but he, he gave some very interesting answers that would have been very re- relevant here at this particular point in the discussion. But nonetheless, uh, we can talk about it. I can talk about it certainly just from what we put it here, what we have here. The two basic priorities for the team leader. Uh, it's two things. Number one, your role as a team leader is to facilitate the team's internal processes. I guess the the role I would give you in in number one facilitating the, the team's internal processes is simply this. You are the team's conflict manager and coach. Your job, if you will, number one, is to make sure that the team can function, and often that means managing those relationships and process discussions that tend to be and tend to get into a place where the team gets into a sticky place and may even have a confrontation. While we won't dig into it today, how well you manage conflict, how comfortable you are with conflict as a manager will have an impact on the quality of your team's performance. So, facilitating the team's internal processes, that is, being its conflict manager and being skilled at that, is one of the skills that a team leader needs. And again, there's much more to be said about that than we'll say this morning but that's one of the roles that you'll need to play and get comfortable playing. The second part of that role, that is the second part of facilitating the team's internal processes is being a coach. Uh, I fancy myself as as a um, an old basketball player and uh, emphasis perhaps right now on the older <laughs> basketball player. But also I used to coach as well. And I would tell you, that that's a, a wonderful uh, experience, and had a great time with the young guys that I was coaching. But coaching is 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 one of the skills that a team leader needs to master as well. And so, coaching has a certain uh, degree of uh, capacity because sometimes as a coach, you don't need to do anything more than prompt. Uh, some people would say you. You chastise but No, no. You prompt a guy to do what, in fact, he already is capable. Or lady, do what he or she is already capable of doing. Uh, the other times, a coach instructs. So there's a whole host of stuff that we can talk about when we got into that particular role. But the second, uh, the second answer to what is it uh, that uh, the two basic priorities for the team leader is not only managing the internal processes. The second requirement is managing the team's external boundaries. The Role identities there would be the team, the team leader becomes the liaison with all of the external constituencies, if you will. They're the ones who do the team's bidding. They're the ones who take the team's needs. They're the ones who try to negotiate for the team's uh, needs and desires. They also, in that same role, are the troubleshooters. So they have a two-fold role there for managing the external boundaries. They're the liaison with the external constituencies constituents and they're troubleshooters now how do you pull this off how do you take these two what would seemingly be simplistic functions facilitating the team's internal processes and managing the team's external boundaries how do you pull this off well the team leader must be number one willing to give up authority Wow you're gonna give the authority up and you're supposed to be the team leader and how does that help you manage or facilitate the team's processes and manage the team's external boundaries? Well, it's it's, it's it's not profound, perhaps simplistic. When you give up authority, what you're doing is you're giving up the capacity and you're really boosting the capacity for others to lead. And as um, strange as that might seem or sound, When you give up the authority, you're not really giving up the authority at all. You're actually giving the capacity for others to grow and to think and to lead, which means you don't have to always be the one who's the leader, quote-unquote. You have the responsibility, you have even the title, but you don't have to worry about that if you give up the authority. It also requires, number two, that you trust others. Uh, That's a part of building the trust as well. Each of these is interesting because as you give them up, instead of giving them up. If you begin to trust, others begin to trust you and they trust one another. Thirdly, to pull this off, you must be patient in sharing and receiving information and feedback. As a coach, as a conflict man, you have to be patient in sharing information and receiving information, including feedback, even feedback about the way you're playing your role. And if you can be open to that, you'll find that folks will help you perform your role in a way that will allow you to maximize your capacity to lead and maximize their uh, interest and willingness to follow. Finally, um, be wise when intervening in the work of the team and in intervening with individual team members. I guess it's interesting because while you wanna be involved, sometimes it's good for the team leader to not be involved. So you may have to decide not only when to intervene, but whether to intervene. And sometimes people can work things out on their own. We're getting ready for and getting set up for a break here in a minute, so let me just mention this. J.E. McGrath once described the team leader's main job is to determine what challenges needs the team faces and then take care of them. But that includes, as I say, sometimes deciding when or whether to intervene. So right after the break, we'll pick up on another thought. And so stay tuned. We'll be right back.
3: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. the bottom line in business.
1: You are tuned in to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. To reach host Bernardi Robinson or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you would rather send an email, you may send it to Leadership Forum at IHDINC.org. Now, back to the Leadership Forum.
2: Welcome back, and thank you. You're listening to the Leadership Forum. If you're just joining in, I'm Bernard Robertson, your host, and thank you so much for staying tuned with me or joining me now. I want to switch, and again, I I invite questions on what we just finished talking about in terms of the uh, two basic priorities for a team leader. And we talked about the notion of facilitating the team's internal processes, being a conflict manager and a coach, and managing the team's external boundaries, being a liaison with external constituencies, and being the troubleshooter for the team. We also talked about what you need to do to pull that off. So, I want to give you what you kind of came for when you looked at the description of the 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 session of the show today and that is the four things that leaders must do to get their team started off right and and so whatever your thoughts or answers were to to or thoughts about the previous i like to reference this particular point reference this particular book it's an old book but it's a good book it is noted uh, in a classic book seven habits of highly effective people, Uh, Stephen Covey suggested that you should begin with the end in mind. Uh, To begin the building of your team and to initiate its growth, start with the purpose first and and that's where you should start. One of the things you want to start with is to establish your purpose and that is really picking up on that model that we talked about earlier and answering questions like, what is our goal? What needs to be done? What is our purpose? These three questions are kind of at the tip of the spear, they're at the top of the, the triangle. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the, the reason that this discussion, establishing a purpose, I should say, should be a discussion, is that this is an opportunity. It's a great opportunity, a great model, if you will, for you to begin to create with your team. This is a great things for teams to do, to be sitting around asking this question, uh, because it allows you to initiate a process that established a, establishes a model for collective thinking and collaborative problem solving and team building. Let me say it this way. Starting with this discussion, establishing your purpose and making it a discussion allows you to begin to set your team up for w- knowing how to talk with one another. So you're establishing this model for collective thinking and communication and collaboration. You're doing that just with the simple process of having a discussion up front. Now, it's it's not a secretive process. It's not even a mysterious process. It's just learning how to hear one another and talk with another. And it actually starts at the very beginning with the team leader setting up the team to talk about its purpose. So it's really beyond just knowing what needs to be done. It really is having that discussion with an eye towards really getting at a sense of this is how we'll learn to work together. Uh, and you want to model that. You want to model that for your team. And they begin to pick up that model and begin to work that model with you so that when you're not around, they are actually able to collectively think and collectively collaborate, which is what you want them to do as a team. So as a team leader, your aim is to do and as a part of that process as well, to learn the personalities and talents that you have on your team. As you listen to the team members talk, as you listen to them share, uh, you also will allow yourself to understand the personalities and talents that are there for you to use and to to uh, to support and and amplify as you coach and as you lead. It allows you, of course, to get the job done, which is to set a clear, specific, and meaningful goal for your team and and one that's consistent with the purpose of the team and, of course, the reason that you were put together. The second thing you want to do to start off well is to establish team roles and responsibilities. Whoa, oh, that's the second element of the team. Uh, uh, excellence in a team excellence model yes it is again it's a part of this modeling process where folks begin to share uh, the not only the purpose but they begin to talk about who is to do what and they begin to reveal both their passions and their interests and they get a chance you get a chance as well as a team leader to help them orchestrate putting themselves in the best place and in the best role to succeed. Uh, now, when you ask a person, well, what do you do well? And have them share that. L- listen for what they're saying because often they will not say uh, what they do well and not really reveal, I should say, what they do well as well as they probably do. Because most of us will undercut ourselves and kind of make sure that we don't overplay our hand. But you, you, you want to ask that question because you want to begin to help folks feel that you want to know what it is that they do and how they can, how they feel they can do what they do best. Now, as a leader, unless otherwise predetermined, you you want to consider keeping this process open uh, unless people have been given roles, so that you can request and enable everyone to bring his or her talents to the team. Now, it can be done simply by asking the questions that allow. Uh, that came out of the purpose and goals. But uh, some of the specific questions that you can use to initiate this discussion around roles and responsibilities is, one, given the tasks that we have before us, what are the contributions that you'd like to make and the roles that you'd like to play? Role or roles. So given the task you before you, us, what are the contributions you'd like to make and the roles that you like to play. Those are two pieces to one question. Secondly, what is it about the role that appeals to you? What you're getting here to hear is the passion that a person has, but what is, the, what is it about the role that appeals to you? What do you believe is required to perform that role at a high level? That's the accountability part. And so you get a person, a person is being able to share not only what it is about the role that he or she likes, But uh, why they like it, and it it, it allows you to uh, get a sense of how they see their performance of that role when you ask the question, what do you believe is required to perform that role at a high level? And finally, are there others who are interested in that same role? because you want to begin to know who are the collaborators that we can have who can work on that same thing and who have same interests. Someone will will have the primary interest, but you want to know this is someone who is also interested in the same thing. So you begin to get an accounting of all of the different talents you have and all of the different interests you have, and it's just from a simple matter of having good conversation and doing some good leadership work in the upfront part. Finally, the, and I love this one because I love them all, but you, you begin to establish what I call, this is number three, begin to establish a culture of accountability. One of the key things I've learned that is critical for building a high-performing team is this issue of accountability. One may assume, and often they do, that everybody who comes to the team is already coming with a sense of accountability. And they probably would be right, and they are. The question is, does the person who is going to have to perform that role know what they're gonna be accountable for? Uh, again, the assumption may often be made that once we have made a clear uh, sense of the team's purpose and identified each person's role, uh, that should be sufficient. I- and I guess in a sense it should. However, one of the things that i found is that is essential for teams to excel are one, the modeling of accountability by the leader—that is, the leader can't ask the team members to be accountable if they if they are not. And number two, demanding accountability for themselves and for those who follow them. Uh, let me just talk about it for a second. Again, as I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm kind of a basketball fan, and um, and and so I love I love basketball. I have one team in particular. I love the Washington Wizards, uh, but. I love the San Antonio Spurs even even as much. And here's why. What I found is one of the tenets that uh, Greg Popovich, their coach, the San Antonio Spurs coach, is adamant about is that everybody be accountable for playing their role. And I think the reason he does that is when you have a sense of accountability, that means everybody's linked. Everybody knows his or her role. More importantly, more than knowing it, They know that they're accountable for being where they're supposed to be, doing what they're supposed to do, the way it's supposed to be done, and they're accountable for doing that, which also means that I can hold you accountable as well. You can hold me accountable, I can hold you accountable, and we're all accountable for what happens on this team. Now, beyond the importance of the clear goals and roles, these two things are critical, Uh, that is De- modeling accountability and demanding accountability. Modeling and demanding. Modeling and demanding. Uh, the the whole idea is that uh, leaders don't hold themselves accountable in some cases or hold individual members or team members accountable. One of the things I've given uh, teams to do, and this is simplistic, but it's something that's not mentioned that just popped in my head to do, you should always have ground rules. And that's one of the key ways of making sure that everybody knows what everyone is accountable for. Failure to hold yourself accountable, failure to hold your team members accountable is an unaccountable leadership uh, prospect. It just shouldn't be done. So... We're going I want to give you those three because those are key and they're important. They answer the question. I'd love to give you a whole host of others, but let me get ready to get a set for what will be perhaps the beginning. There's a discussion we haven't had that I'll just mention. There are also what are called five essential ingredients for high effect highly effective teams, which we won't get a chance to cover uh, today. However, I want to kind of summarize the thoughts I mentioned earlier with regard to the areas that we didn't cover. So you can write me, hit me up if you will, about the areas that you would like to discuss. So I wanna mention these areas that I did not mention today so that you can consider them. First one is group synergy. Doesn't sound like much, but it's talking about the whole concept of synergy. The The next one is five key stages of team development. Uh, it's talking about the disciplines of effective team leader, picking up more, on, a little bit more on what we talked about today. Building your team identity. Does your team have an identity? Steps for building team identity. When teams are in conflict, the team leader's responsibility, the stages of conflict. Uh, what do you do when conflict occurs with a team? Some general principles that help prepare for effective confrontation. Key actions, steps to manage team confrontation. And six things team leaders need to do to provide good team leadership. Now, these are all topics that are, again, in my book, but we won't get an opportunity to cover today. But they're they're seriously important for you to know as a team leader. Now, I want to get, again, ready for what we're going to have to do is close out today's show. And I wanted to say this is our 13th show online, and it's a good time to get a sense of what you, the listener, thinks of our show. So I'm asking for your feedback. I'd like to get you to share with me, what do you like? And I'd also like to know what you do not like. I'd like to know what ideas you have to make the show better. And be assured, we're striving to move forward and get better and better as we strive to be a powerful place for leadership learning and great conversation. I got much more to talk about. But I'd say this, as a constant, as we get ready to close the show today, as is a constant on the Leadership Forum, I'd like to ask you to ask yourself this question. How can I apply what I've heard on today's show to become a more effective leader? Until next time, what I'd also ask you to do is to strive to make someone's life better through the quality of your leadership. I'd like you to have an outstanding day and an even better week. So until next time, uh, I'm Bernard Robinson, and you have been an important part and an important member of the Leadership Forum. Uh, please be sure to tune in next week and be with me on the radio. Again, you can chat with me at Leadership Forum at IHDINC.org. You can connect up with me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, and you'll find me there. And I'd love to hear from you uh, on Twitter uh, as well. And so uh, in this last 30 seconds, Just make it a great day for yourself. Have an outstanding day, as I say, and an even better week.
1: Thank you for listening to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. Be sure to join Bernard E. Robinson for another edition of the program next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We wish you an outstanding week.